Welcome to this edition of the Morecambe Bay podcast, today in Flukeborough on the shores of the bay. I'm here to meet a group of people who normally are standing by to rescue anyone caught out by the tides and sands. The reason I'm here though is to hear more about why they're travelling far away from Flukeborough to take aid to a very different community. Welcome to the Morecambe Bay podcast with Nigel Thompson. My name's Gary Parsons, I'm the station officer at Bay Search and Rescue and the founding member. Good to talk to you, thanks for your time this evening as well. We'll talk about the, uh, the mission that you're on quite soon, but Bay Search and Rescue, people do, who don't know about it, not seeing your very distinctive vehicles around the Morecambe area, what do you do? How long have you been going? So we've been going a little bit over 20 years, um, we've been around a long time, uh, and our main core function is work out on the bay. We were set up to deal with quicksand and the fast-moving tides of Morecambe Bay. Um, I myself and my colleague who, back in the late 90s, um, was, uh, we were both coast guards at the time, so we, we come from a coast guard background, and um, you know the red tape that goes with government organisations, it can be a little bit frustrating sometimes, I think that's politely put. Um, however, yeah. uh, one of the things we wanted to do was to change the way that we worked because the bay isn't the same as really any other area around the UK, you know, so the fast-moving tides are second only to the Bay of Funday in Canada. People don't appreciate the enormity of the bay, really. You know, it's 120 square miles in its, in, in its uh, complete uh, area, and if you think you can fit Manchester and the M60 right into the middle of it with a mile to spare at any point before you touch land, and that gives you some kind of idea of its expanse, you know. That's a great statistic, is that? Mm. I've never thought of that before. Yeah. yeah. So 20 yeah. years ago, you thought there's a, there's a niche here, there's a need for something like Bay Search and Rescue. Yeah. Quite a job to set it up, I imagine, given that it's expensive to run, you know, vehicles, all-terrain vehicles, and also, you know, the, the training side, the fact that you need volunteers to, who are willing to and, and trained to go out there and, and, and help people. Yeah, no, I think if we if we look back now, it would be quite frightening to think what we've achieved over this last 20 years, you know, but you don't think like that when you are determined to set something up which will benefit the community, and it certainly has, you know. Whilst we still maintain a, a very strong presence on the bay and, and for all of the coastal activities that go on around here, we've diversified into assisting the fire service, the ambulance service and the police uh, throughout winter when the snow's on the ground, you know, it just so happens that we have the best track vehicles for travelling across snow. And we very quickly came to realise that, you know, you can pretty much go anywhere in a Hagland, you know, that Haglands are a, 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 an articulated uh, tracked military vehicle uh, used back in the mid-late 80s and early 90s um, and then they became available to the civilian world I think I saw you in uh, when the Beast for the East was here. Do you remember? Was it four or five yes. years ago now? And I yeah, think I saw that's right. An unusual sight of a you know, your bright orange vehicle yeah. in the middle of Grange or somewhere. <laughs> yeah, that's just... right. Well, we got tasked up to uh, Alston, which is uh, which is you know uh, England's highest market town, and um, they'd been cut off for five days uh, at that point, and uh, we were the first people to get in with medicines and foods, and um, not dissimilar to what we're doing over in the Ukraine, really, except we're not going to have the snow to tackle. Hopefully, you know, it's just going to be a very very long drive. Let's talk about Ukraine then, because um, obviously I think the world's been obviously shocked by what's been happening. Mm. But you know, from Morecambe Bay to Ukraine, hundreds, you know, thousands of miles. So why get involved? What's the link? We run one of the, a unique vehicle called a Sherp, and the, the Sherp was actually built in Kiev in the Ukraine. 
and uh, we've been across there a couple of times we know the guys in the factory really well and of course when all this um, conflict started we were in touch with them and we know that to the military to protect you know their own families and the country and uh, it's so admir admirable and the people that are really suffering are the women and children you know and they're they're coming out of the country and there are some horror stories and it just sort of embosses what you see on the news and the reality of it is that we have a personal connection and we know that it's happening and so I just said to the team one night do you think we should get some fundraising going and see whether we can fill one of our wagons and take it to the Ukraine because people that support us know that you know Bay Search and Rescue is a bit of a, a Ron Seal organisation you know we when we say we're going to do something we do it and we do it properly and that's what we are doing here so the truck is now absolutely full there are, it's full to the to the roof i've spent i don't know countless hours with customs and excise making sure that all the paperwork is in place getting this getting the bookings for the ferry um, we're taking a big truck an 18 ton truck across a box truck and uh, a Ford Transit van with uh, some more aid in it, but also a lot of tools and stuff, because our box truck isn't a new vehicle, you know? And uh, we want to make sure that uh, we do get there and back in one piece. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, bit of a, it's a bit of an adventure, um, but an adventure with a real purpose. And when we get to the far end, we're going to be dealing with people that we have spoken to on the phone, the aid that's in that truck is going directly into the shops. It's not going into some big warehouse somewhere where it'll be stored for months before it's distributed. You know, it's it's a proper active mission, and we're uh, we're excited about it. We're also a little bit nervous because it's a massive undertaking. You know, the journey itself it's uh, six and a half hours from here down to Harwich, where we're sailing from, and and thanks to Stenaline for providing free crossing. You know, because Stenaline are uh, are doing that for any uh, humanitarian um, missions going across to the Ukraine. And uh, once we get across to the hook of Holland, it's then 15 hours drive uh, to Krakow in Poland. And that's where we're meeting up with the people that we, uh, that we know in the distribution centre, you know, so, yeah. What kind of material have you collected? You say you've had a fantastic response. What, what kind of kit are you taking across? Yeah, we have, yeah. So one of the things that we didn't want to do was to take anything across which wasn't going to be a real value. And so th the real point to this is that we have had um, an emailed list of things that they're running out of daily in a particular area close to the border of the Ukraine and that's a live, you, you, you know, you could put your, your last dollar on it that that was the stuff that was really needed and so we've been very fortunate that um, uh, so many people have contributed, you know, Morecambe Football Club uh, have, have contributed in a massive way to us. They'd done some previous fundraising. They still had loads and loads of really valuable stuff to us. And uh, things like that just um, came in, in box loads, you know. I think we have 14 pallets stacked about 12 feet high inside food, the truck. Food, clothes. So there are, there's a lot of dry food. There's a lot of children's clothes, uh, a lot of outdoor clothes for children, you know. Uh, hundreds of sleeping bags. Um, things like uh, dozens and dozens of um, boxes of toothpaste and toothbrushes and sanitary stuff, you know, uh, and, and things that we take for granted that are not just available on the shelf, you know. So, yeah, the place we're going to is like a disused supermarket and it's been completely turned around into a voluntary centre where you, you join a queue as a refugee and you come in and you take what you need to survive, you know, and it's, it's just fantastic, yeah. The people, the places, the bay. This is the Morecambe Bay podcast. So there are four of us going across, two HGV drivers, myself and Dan, 
and then um, in the van behind there's um, Neil and Jacob uh, following up behind in the van and uh, that, like I say that'll be full of uh, tools, equipment, a spare wheel for the wagon um, you know because um, we're not really sure how far we're going to be from any civilization that, uh, you know across Poland it's a vast country and uh, if we get a blowout we want to be able to change it ourselves if we can you know and uh, keep keep going. It's interesting you say you're in touch with guys who actually built one of your vehicles as well. What, what kind of things have they been saying to you? What kind of contact have you had? Uh, to be honest, very little. I think when um, there's been a lot of issues with power out there and um, I think social media has, has suffered to some degree. Um, we, we just know that um, from speaking to people that were in the factory that they, they've basically they've shut down and uh, they've you know, either gone to ground or have, have signed up and gone to defend the realm, you know, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, full of admiration for them. And to have that link as well, I mean, it means a lot, doesn't it? You know, yeah. It's, it's personal, isn't it? It's not just, you know, for the... For no, a, it is personal, you know. yeah, you're right, yeah. We there's a lot of feeling that uh, goes into this uh, trip, you know, because um, we know that it, it, even though it's one wagon load in amongst, obviously, thousands of others, and there's some phenomenal charities doing great work, you know, a, across the UK and right round the world, you know, it's not just a, a UK effort. The point of it all is that if everybody does their bit, then everybody will be helping somebody out there and if our wagon load of stuff helps you know eight or ten families for a month to survive and stay warm and uh, you know feed the kids and what have you then I'll be very happy that we've done the right thing and we've all that effort and work has been uh, well justified. Yeah. Well, good to see you going and great to see when you come back as well I'm sure you'll be yeah. very relieved as well. Yeah. yeah I think we'll have sore backsides by the time we get back for sure because uh, yeah. Yeah. you know it's a, it's a long trip isn't it I think it's something like 1300 or 1,400 kilometres from yeah. the departure point in Holland, you know, so yeah. a lot of driving. Well, good luck, great yeah. stuff. And tell us about the future of the Bay Search and Rescue. What does the future hold for, for this organisation? We're stood in a, a compound here at Flukeborough. You've got plans to expand, <coughs> you were saying? So is, is yeah, that the next we have, big, yeah. big project? So Flukeborough is our headquarters. It's where we do all of our training. We're very fortunate to have some, some spare ground, as you, as you can see to our, uh, to our right here, because it, it's leased on a, a very uh, frugal lease from um, Holker Estates, who have been very kind to us over the years. And we have got permission to, uh, to expand and put a, a big building on here to store our vehicles in, you know, because um, they're not used every day or every week sometimes, you know, but when they are, they need to be turnkey and ready to go. And uh, there's a lot of maintenance goes on in looking after those vehicles, you know. For instance, the Haglands have got 40 road wheels, and in each of those wheels, they have two bearings at a tenner apiece. So the maths, the maths is simple, and the costs are high, you know. So you've got to protect those sort of vehicles with good maintenance, making sure that they uh, are well looked after, and they'll serve you for a good long time and how are you doing with the price of things like fuel going through the roof at the moment as well i, mean, I imagine that must be sort of a, a, another headache that you could do without yeah i think it's a headache for everybody isn't it mm. uh, uh, as of yet we haven't really considered the impact of that uh, within the team but i think if we looked at look we'll look at it on an annual basis and i'm sure that we will have to look at fuel consumption seriously over the next year and see whether you know we need to trim the fleet or indeed can we continue uh, at that rate and just exactly how much have we spent on fuel you know we're not ordinarily we're not big users all in all our fuel bills currently aren't too scary um, but who knows what will happen in the future yeah and in terms of how busy you are as well we're talking just for the easter weekend aren't we i guess it's the start of the silly season for people although you said you're out today i mean things have started already haven't they yeah, I, I, I'm sort of smiling to myself at this point because we always say that um, when your first uh, incident happens in the in the summer season or when the kids are out of school, 
then that just sets a precedent for the rest of the year. And today we were called out to, by uh, Hollyhead Coast Guard to respond to a family of uh, two adults, two children and another man and a dog who were supposedly cut off on the wrong side of the channel with the tide already run in. And so these people are paddling round allegedly in water, wondering how they're going to get back, uh, you know, onto the promenade. And um, when we got here, we responded very quickly. We had a great team turnout, which was fantastic. Within a few short minutes, the, the first of my team were on scene. The family themselves actually hadn't crossed the channel. Uh, and it turned out that they, there had been a man in the water carrying his dog waist deep to get back onto uh, dry land again, yeah. So, you know, he's a lucky guy, but... It, it, that takes people out of work, doesn't it? You know, uh, and but that's what we're there for. You know, we're there. We're there to protect uh, human life and uh, property as well. You know, so. Yeah. And how yeah. have things been since like lockdown? People not going abroad. Has it, have you been busy? Were you busy last year? And do you, do you think you'll be busier again this year? Yeah, strangely enough, we had quite a few call-outs during lockdown. You know, I think people had just had enough of being inside and uh, decided to go walk about. You know, and and probably thought that being out on the bay uh, on their own isn't going to bother anybody, but. The reality of that is that if somebody phones it in and we have to respond uh, because of a, you know, the tide coming in or something, we're going to come into contact with those people. And if they were, you know, COVID carriers, then we had we we had a lot of um, a lot of uh, protective equipment, so we weren't short of that. We were well prepared, uh, but thankfully we didn't get uh, called out to anybody who was a confirmed COVID patient. You know, those people that uh, did, thankfully, weren't injured and we didn't have to handle them uh, too closely or anything like that. And, uh, yeah, most of the time uh, it was just a, a few uh, unlucky or foolish mistakes. And most people don't have any idea about when the tide comes in and how it comes in as well. So that's another problem, you know. It's a, it, it, it's a big mission to educate people into what is the tide because a lot of people don't realise that it doesn't come in in a straight line. There's no flags go up or very few sirens go off these days, you know, and, and that would be the best way of warning them, of course, you know. So the, the sirens at our side do a fantastic job you know because even if you don't know what they are they alert you to it makes you think about what you know what's going on and then you you're slightly alerted aren't you and and i think that that, that silverdale and um, grange would benefit from uh, those those pieces of equipment for sure yeah yeah 20 years on then time well spent good investment and a good decision to, to launch and to keep it going Yes, I think, um, you know, success uh, has been driven by the public. We've been extremely well supported. You know, we have two great charity shops, one in Grange and one in Millenthorpe, and uh, the, the volunteers and the staff in there do a fantastic job, and we get some fantastic things given to us to turn over and resell, to make money out of, to keep the team going, you know. And uh, for those few people that do need our um, assistance throughout the year, then uh, it's thanks to all the, the, the people in the shops and supporting us that keep it going, yeah. yeah. We'll do a cracking job, thanks for talking to us. And good luck in Ukraine as well, when do you actually go? Uh, 21st of this month, okay. yeah. And when yeah. you hope to be back? Uh, we hope to be back on the 25th, <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope it goes well. Thanks for talking to us, Gary. I wish you all the best. No, you're uh, welcome. Thank you. What can I say? Another uh, great edition of the Morgan Bay podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, certainly look, listen back to all the other remaining editions, all 30 of them. And thanks again for listening to the podcast. This is Nigel Thompson. Until next time, enjoy the Bay. Thanks for downloading this edition of the Morgan Bay podcast. Follow us and get in touch. Search Morgan Bay podcast on social media. 